one of my favorite NFL reporters and hosts, Alex Marvis from Sirius XM. Alex, how's it going, man? I am doing dandy, better than Khalil Mack and the Raiders, not as good as Odell Beckham <laughs> Jr. and the Giants, but this is how it goes. The pendulum swings both ways. You're right in between, right? It's uh, a perfect... <laughs> That's still pretty good. Well, you know what? Let's start with Khalil Mack. You're like, Alex, what, what am I missing here? Like, John Gruden comes in, there's all fanfare, Derek Carr's back and healthy, everything's ready to roll. Then you have your best defensive player and really the linchpin of that defense, which still has some holes to it, holding out. Like, where does this go from here? Well, it, it goes with the fact that the Raiders hold all the leverage. I mean, in, in terms of, okay, Khalil Mack's got one year left on his rookie contract. And this isn't like giant crocodile tears because Khalil Mack is grossly underpaid. He's in the fifth year of his rookie contract, set to collect $13.9 million this season. So I think from a Raiders standpoint that when they initially saw what the price tag was going to be when the sides first made contact in February, John Gruden, who now it's his team, and Reggie McKenzie has the general manager title, but you may as well add the air quotes to him, right? Because, you know, it's John Gruden who's got the juice. He may not value Khalil Mack in the same way. He may just think, you know what, I've got this guy for another year, and we're going to pay him $13.9 million, and he'll show up because he doesn't want to miss $900,000 thousand dollars a week for each game that he doesn't show up and then after that if we want him again in 2019 we'll use a franchise tag or you'll see what's out there as far as a trade goes and you'll move him now why john gruden doesn't think khalil mack is worthy of the type of contract that khalil is looking for difficult to answer since john gruden has been spinning this in the media about what a great player he is how the raiders are you know essentially you know obviously a lesser defense without khalil mack out there but maybe they're waiting for aaron donald to set the market and then the raiders will you know come in earnest with a legitimate offer for Khalil Mack, but Charles Robinson of Yahoo, who's one of the great reporters in our business, says that there's a legit possibility Mack misses games. I think that, you know, you would like to think, you know, that maybe some of this stuff is coming from the Mack camp to try to scare the Raiders a little bit to see if they'll make any sort of offer to them to try to kick, you know, kickstart these negotiations, but the clock is ticking. We're not that far away at this point. 12 days, actually 13 days till the Raiders open their season. Or 13? Yeah, 13 days. So the Raiders open the season against the Rams. Khalil Mack needs to get in there, get in some football shape before he's out there. No kidding, because, yeah, Alex, that's a great point that people sometimes overlook. Okay, let's say he they, they figure it out after week one. Okay, well, then he's got to get back into football shape, so you probably won't be seeing the Khalil Mack at full gear till maybe week three, week four, and that's if, you know, he doesn't pull a hammy or tweak something, because how often do we see guys hold out first or second game in, boom, and then they're out for, for more time. That, right. Well, we're seeing it right now. You know, when you look at, at uh, Roquan, Roquan Smith, uh, he's dealing with a hamstring injury, you know, and that's one of the things, again, and listen, is it is it legitimate sports science? I don't know. Maybe we're just talking anecdotally about how players who have these, these holdouts suffer soft muscle tissue injuries, but I talked with Rams general manager Les Snead about this last year, and he said, look, with Aaron Donald, we wanted him to practice for a week before we put him out there. We just didn't feel comfortable, uh, you know, exposing him to possibly t- ripping something, straining something. Etc. that would sideline him even longer. Now, Le'Veon Bell, it's a different deal. The Steelers put him out there pretty quick. He came to camp, and they feel like he knew how to get himself ready with his training program to avoid those type of soft muscle tissue injuries. But those are the things. And, and listen, there's a lot of things. Getting used to the snap count again, right, in mm-hmm. terms of not jumping off sides. And by the way, it's a new defense. 
This isn't like, you know, it's just, I know it's a 4-3, and they try to make it really simple on the defensive ends, but nonetheless, he's still got to learn what the play verbiage is, et cetera. He has not been around this entire offseason, this entire preseason. So, yeah, and this Raiders team, I don't know how to read them. You know, my coworkers at SiriusXM, Mark Dominic, thinks they're going to win the division. I got Pat Kerwin saying that, hey, they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFL early in the season because they have so many veterans. They're going to get off to a fast start. To me, I see 6-10. and 10. I just don't see it. Yeah, and Alex, this division, like if you can make an argument for or against any team in the AFC West winning the division or finishing last, like that's how crazy this division is. Maybe the Chargers are a little bit of the exception in the middle there, but an argument can be made for each team, and you don't see that that often in football. Like the Broncos, Case Keenum, okay, is he going to go back to being Case Keenum for the first, what, decade of his career, or are we going to see last year? (laughs) Chargers, Phil Rivers getting older. Kansas City, Pat Mahomes, exciting player. But we could see some regression there. So that, to me, that division is one of the most interesting in football. Yeah, it really is. This is the one that I think you have the hardest time picking a division yeah, winner. Yeah. And listen, we we all want to put our eggs in the Chargers basket. And on paper, I, I love the assistant coaches. I mean, you know, listen, and, I, and I've known Anthony Lynn since he was a player, so we go way back. And I think he's become a real good head coach. But you know, keeping the team together after an 0-4 start last year, and I, you know, the fact that Gus Bradley and Ken Wisenhunt come back and are signed the three-year deals. I mean, keeping the same system in place and a, and a talent-laden roster. This this is good. But the Chargers have been known to charger. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. You know, finding <laughs> ways to lose, pulling victory from the jaws of defeat. That is, a, or defeat from the jaws of victory, right. I should say. That is what they've been, they've been adept at. And, you know, still don't have the kicking situation necessarily resolved either. We're going into week four. It's Roberto Aguayo. It's Caleb Sturgis still battling for this spot. And, you know, think about how many times last year the Chargers, and, and the margin of error in this league is so thin, put themselves in a position where they needed a game-winning kick, and it just didn't happen. So, I, I mean, the Chargers on paper look like they're the team to beat there but again that's you know it sounds great but until the chargers actually do it well then i'm going to be a little bit skeptical in conversation with alex marvis serious xm nfl radio host on twitter at alex marvis so let's swing away from that to odell beckham jr getting himself paid like alex this contract 95 mil uh, can receive a maximum of that 65 guaranteed and that's really where the big money is highest paid receiver now in the nfl but you could i, I said off the top you could throw a hundred million dollars at someone. If if two million is guaranteed, that's the real contract. Like, right. what does this contract do for Odell and the message it sends to the rest of the league? Because I, I would think this would have to make OBJ finally happy. Well, yeah, and you know, listen. In a lot of ways, he's done everything right for the Giants. He showed up for the off-season workout program. You know, he's kept the headlines down to a minimum. You know, the last time we've seen anything with him off the field came in March when you know one of his bodyguards allegedly kicked the crap out of somebody who's now suing him uh, because of that. You know, and on, and on the on the Odell Beckham Jr. scale, by the way, that's pretty low, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, really, when you think about some of the stuff off the field that that's gone on with him, his teammates love him. They realize that this is a special player. Very few receivers in the game. Have have that ability to, to score anytime they touch the football. He is that guy. I mean, he is absolutely lethal. When you when you run that skinny post, I mean, and if the, if the safety's not in position, forget it. You know, this guy's taken to the house. He, he's that good a player. 
for them. So I get why they pay him. You know, the devil's in the details on this contract, but it seems like it's a straight deal, and the Giants are taking a leap of faith themselves that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to handle this wealth correctly off the field. You're not going to have any more instances where you have a photo with an Instagram model or whatever, and there's <laughs> apparently drugs in the background, yeah. and people are munching on a pizza. I mean, I, I hate to even bring all these things up because my interactions with Odell have been fine, but, you know, you realize that the young man off the field has to live life right, and that's the big gamble that the Giants are taking. It's nothing to do with on the field. I mean, listen, you know, you'd love for him to stop throwing the temper tantrums and, you know, to grow up some. And I think having Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman now running the show, it's a huge deal, Andy. I mean, these are guys, that they're adults. They, they have his respect. It's obvious that Ben McAdoo never earned Odell Beckham Jr.'s respect. And for what I'm told, uh, basically players on the team just began turning Ben McAdoo out as the season unfolded. And by the end, he was left with nothing. And that's why he didn't finish the year and Steve Spagnuolo finished up. So I'm bullish on this Giants team. I think from 3-13 and 13 to 9-7 and seven and making the playoffs, I think they're going to have that big an improvement this year. And, of course, Saquon Barkley will make a huge difference in the backfield. Yeah, and Alex, that's the difference between teams that, let's say, go 3-13 and 13 and you expect a big turnaround. Giants have their franchise quarterback. He might be on the tail end, but they got the franchise quarterback. That was a down year. The biggest impact to me, it's great Odell Beckham Jr. is signed up. But to make that offense finally multidimensional, to not be like, hey, you know what, send the house on Eli the running backs are no issue. Now, as long as he can stay healthy, you got Saquon Barkley. And this dude is legit. He can catch out of the backfield. He can be on the field all three downs. He can also run the ball. Who would have thought <laughs> the Giants could actually do that? Like, How important do you think of adding a true running game and making that offense multidimensional goes towards the Giants making a comeback and either making a run at a wild-card spot or even the division? Yeah, and I think I really think making a run at the division is realistic because, you know, we talk about Saquon, and, you know, you saw it the first carry against the Cleveland Browns, yeah. right? He rips off a 39-yard run, and, you know, after that, they took him off, and then he ended up tweaking his hamstring during practice and, unfortunately, hasn't been out there, but now back full go uh, and should be good for week one as the Giants open their season against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, you know, Eli Manning hasn't had that, uh, that running back that scares defenses since the heyday of Tiki Barber. Yeah. So, you know, right, so 10 years now, we're talking about a guy basically carrying this offense on his back, you know, as he gets older, it's just if you have a running back that you can lean on, a la what happened with John Elway and Terrell Davis, you're, you're putting yourself in position to really succeed. And you look at the investment they made in the offensive line. Let's not forget Nate Solder becoming the highest paid offensive lineman in football, $15.4 million a year to leave the Patriots to become New York's left tackle. You draft Will Hernandez, a plug-and-play starter, in round two. I, I mean, they're just – and, and, and they're even getting a little bit of something from Eric Flowers now at right tackle. He's just more comfortable there. He's playing better. Evan Ingram was the best tight end as a rookie in football last year, the best rookie tight end. He's going to improve in year two now that he's actually back to being a tight end and playing in two tight end sets that Pat Shermer's put in. So I just, I really like this Giants team. I have some questions defensively. Where's the pass rush going to come from? Who's going to be the slot corner? Those types of things. But I feel bullish enough to say nine and seven playoffs, a very realistic goal for the G-men. Yeah, and we know they don't have to have a great record. They just got to get in, right? Just get in and then Eli... Goes Eli and goes and wins the Super Bowl. As long as it's against Tom Brady. That's that's how it's got to be. you got to have one amazing? more time. Wouldn't that be amazing? we got a preview coming up Thursday night. we got that big yes. Giants-Patriots Ooh. matchup where neither of them will be out. No. They'll be looking at each other waving from across the field. <laughs> we will not see any starters at all in that game. In conversation with Alex Marvez from SiriusXM. Alex, one more division I want to get uh, go through with you here. We talked about how interesting the AFC West is and how anybody could win it. Boy, I could I could almost make the same argument for the AFC South with a healthy Deshaun Watson back, JJ Watt, the Jags, of course, with that defense, Andrew Luck and the Colts are a wild card, and the Tennessee Titans were a playoff team a year ago. 
it, it really is. It, it's I don't want to say it's wide open. I look at it as a two-team division race with Houston. Looking on the outside a little bit in the Colts, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I, just because there's so much of a, of a turnover going on on the defensive side of the football, you know, you saw there was a low-level trade, right? At least it didn't command huge headlines. But Antonio Morrison gets traded over the weekend from the Colts to the Packers. The guy was the Colts' leading tackler last year. Started 15 games. But they're changing this defense over, so they realized after this preseason he doesn't fit in with what they want. At 4-3 Tampa, Tampa 2 defense, you want fleet of foot linebackers. This is not that guy. He's a thumper. He's an inside backer in a 3-4, so now he heads to Green Bay. But to me, the fact that you're still making these types of trades shows you just how far the Colts have to go before revamping the defense, let alone Andrew Luck now playing without a, a proven running back behind him. Marlon Mack is going to be the guy early mm-hmm. on. Showed some promise as a rookie, but why didn't he get more carries? Did the coaching staff not trust him? Was he not a complete back? Robert Turbin is going to come back after a four-game suspension. You know, he was the lead back. Robert Turbin's been a pedestrian player during his sure. NFL career. He's been okay. But in the receivers, T.Y. Hilton, Ryan Grant, and, 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> the so, end. And, yeah, and of course the <laughs> offensive line. So, look, Andrew Luck's back. They'll be a better team, but I still think they're a five- or six-win team. Houston's the mystery team in this division because – no one knows what this offense is going to look like with Deshaun Watson at the helm. It's going to be structured around his strengths. Can he stay healthy? You know, especially as a mobile quarterback, is he going to be exposing himself to hits? Is he going to be judicious when he decides to run the football? Is J.J. Watt still J.J. Watt? It's a fair question to ask. It's been two years basically lost sure. to injury. So what, is, what are they still getting in him? I know the odds makers have made him the favorite for NFL, uh, def, you know, comeback or defensive player of the year. Joey Bosa is where my money would be going. But nonetheless, we'll see with this Texans team and then we got Tennessee and Jacksonville. And, you know, for the Jags, you know, last year they skated by without a lot of injuries. They were really fortunate. You lost Allen Robinson in week one, but by and large, they put the same guys out on the field week after week after week. How will they handle that type of adversity? How will they handle the fact that nobody's going to be sleeping on the Jags? That, you know, Jalen Ramsey's talking enough trash to generate, <laughs> you know, interest from everyone. And then we got the Titans with a new offensive and defense, new offensive and defensive systems. Mm-hmm. How, how long is it going to take for Marcus Mariota to feel comfortable with what he's running? Can these young wide receivers they have, Corey Davis, uh, you know, Taylor, the other wide receiver, how long is it going to take for them uh, to get up to, to NFL speed, so to speak, and make an impact? And this defense, though, they are loaded. I actually think Tennessee wins the division. The Jags end up as a wild card. Hmm. I'm bullish on the direction of the Titans. Not that I'm negative on the Jags. I just think it's going to be a little bit bumpy, and we're going to have to see how they handle that adversity. Going to be fascinating. So many interesting interdivision storylines this year. It seems like the parody is at an all-time high. Alex, thank you so much, man. Never enough time. Let's do it again soon. Anytime you want, Andy. Be good, baby. Thanks. All right. Alex Marvez. Serious. XM NFL radio host. A must follow on Twitter at Alex Marvez.